Wait, what? Wait, what? We're connected? Hey, you. Hey, you. It's How's it going? Good, man. Um, yeah, I'm good. Oh, boy. See, last week you got very energetic at the end of the day, Damien. This week you're getting very exhausted at the end of the way, at the end of the day. <laughs> well, this, Damien, I can definitely relate to because I am there with you. I'm this so week tired. Is, this week is kicking my butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you. <sighs> I am matching your energy today, but we're still, we're going to plug away and we're going to have a great episode and great conversation about who the heck knows what. And, uh, it's all good. This is, uh, this is what we do. I just, uh, just had some dinner, watched a little game of Thrones, got a little game of Thrones action in, and now I'm ready to, uh, to, uh, shoot the tea with you for the next hour or so. Right on. Right. Well, I just, uh, woke up from a power nap. Because when I got home, like, even right now, my throat began to hurt. And this is part of what happens when you work around little kids, I guess. It's just a constant um, germ factory. And I'm seeing that. Well, you see, I can, almost, I can almost relate to that, except that I work with grown adults. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, somehow you, you it's work- disturbingly relatable. <laughs> I think you you work with um, young adults. Well, I work with either – so it's either teenagers or people like 26 and up. There's not no. much in between. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know. What about, what I, about my – what about M.A.? How old is how old is M.A.? I don't know how old M.A. is. Couldn't tell you. And uh, we're not here to talk about <laughs> M.A. We're always here to talk about him. Oh, oh. you have anyway. bad taste. I maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you. You could be right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the guy. I just seen the guy, and so maybe. Uh, I, I mean, personality is fantastic. I just, I just don't find him attractive in the slightest. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, I just I cannot I, understand what you're getting at here. I swear, I feel like we need to put his picture up and let the people decide. No, the people absolutely. Will be like, that is such an invasion of privacy. I know, I know, and that's the only reason why we can't do that. So, folks, you just have to take my word on this that that Ma is is um, a two out of ten. Wrong. <laughs> MA is definitely an eight plus. Oh my god. All right, we're done. Move on. Move on with the conversation. <laughs> I'm so done with this. Oh my gosh. You are <laughs> No. You definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So it's been a busy <laughs> week for you. I mean it's just like work, you know, you got to control labor as management, whatever. So we don't have as many people on staff per shift as we normally would. So Mm. it's just like, first I'm at this station and then I'm running over to this station. And then now I'm working on this station, but now I got to run back to that station. 
All right, that station's clear. Let me go check the lobby. Cool, the lobby's clean. Let me go back up to Expo. Oh, Expo looks great. Let me go help the kitchen. Working in the kitchen. Oh, let me run back out to the lobby because somebody just left. I got to clean that table. Now let me run back up to Expo. And it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for like three hours of our lunch rush. And then it's like I got to send people on breaks, but now I'm down a person, so I have to fill that person's role plus my role. And then now I have to send two people on break because if I don't, so now I'm working three people's jobs and then and then it's like oh this person wants to be late and then that person wants to be late and it's just uh being a manager is not uh not a good time not a good time no. at all i mean it's not terrible i like my job i like what i do i uh and there's people who have much worse jobs but it especially something about this week it's just <laughs> tiring man <laughs> so so do you think all of this because it sounds like there's a lot of penny pinching going on. Is it necessary? Pass. Pass. <laughs> Pass. Um, okay, okay. To a, de- okay, to a degree. Don- okay, to, Donald I mean, Trump. I, mean, I plead the de- fifth. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to plead the fifth, and it's going to be the best fifth that was ever pleaded. You're going to look at it, and you're going to say this fifth is wonderful. Nobody's ever pleaded the fifth as good as Donald, I swear. I know I don't do a good Donald Trump. But, but, um, but um, to a degree, you know, we are a business, so you have to operate within certain numbers of profitability. Do I think that our number goal is super feasible? I don't. I think it's a little too low. I think it's a little too tight. But I understand there has to be a structure for personal and business growth. Like if I'm over here running 26% labor every week, there's no room in the company for me to get a raise because the company's not making money. Therefore, they can't pay me more money. Therefore, I can't move up. And a lot of people, this isn't their career, but as of right now, this is my career. Therefore, I give it, I'm sorry, but I care a lot more about making my money and moving up than I care about you. Because if I got rid of you tomorrow, you would just go get a job right down the street and be the exact same. But if I lost my job tomorrow, it would literally halt my entire career. So like, do I like the number that we're striving for? No, I wish I had like 1.5% more to play with. But I understand there has to be a structure within a business for you to be able to make money for personal and business growth. So, you know, a little bit of a double-edged sword. Are there not other corners that can be cut? Like, is supply supply not off? No. You have to run a budget, obviously, a a food cost within how much much you make every week, how much you use every week. You kind of have to hit a number. How much you ordered, how much you sold, what are you left with? That's how you get your inventory numbers, obviously. Um. And we have a weekly budget, which is 30% of our weekly sales. Um, So 30% of our weekly sales is going to food cost. And then 20% is going to labor. So already right there, 50% of what the business makes in a week, the owner's not profiting. And then you have to account for like rent, utilities, franchise fees. So let's just say that's another, I don't know, 10%. Then they're only looking at 40% profitability, which you know, is a decent amount, except for the fact that you think that they're trying to grow and expand more stores. And there are investors that you have to kind of have to be able to open these more stores and they want to see X amount of profitability. So my boss answers to the invest. Well, my boss answers to corporate and the investors. I answer to him, my employees answer me, so on and so forth. Um, but 50% of your business, well, 60% of your business, boom, right, is already going to profitability, is already going, sorry, is already going to cost 
that we can't control, right? You have to pay your employees. You have to order food, obviously, and then you have to pay franchising fees and utility fees, et cetera. So you're already operating at less than 50% profitability. And I know everyone, like, it sounds like a lot, like, oh, the owners made $18,000 this month. Yeah, that sounds like a lot, but it's really, really, really not when you look at everything that a business has to invest in on a weekly basis. It's very, the amount of money that, that, franchise owners actually make versus the amount of money that's put out of their businesses is is uh really wild is the best way to put it um and so if they want to grow they have to kind of not really pinch pennies but they need to run profitable numbers and if i want to grow i need to show that i can run profitable numbers right because if i'm not running a profitable business why do you trust me to run your business you know what i mean okay so Get it's american american capitalism now, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, but but you know, <laughs> I'm just tired. It's all right though. I'd rather come home tired, knowing I did a good ass day at work, than just like kind of mulling around for five hours and then going home and you know. But um, even personally, like my uh, so my roommate's brothers, uh, so my roommate's brother, one of them actually just moved in with us. Um, into our third bedroom which we were expecting for a while and so his girlfriend's been here and then um, his younger brother and his younger brother's like best friend um, have also been here so we've had a full house it's been nothing but video games and chilling like every single night so not only am I like working till like at nine o'clock in the morning I'm waking up at like two or three o'clock in the morning (laughs) or I'm sorry I'm staying up till two or three o'clock in the morning waking up at nine o'clock in the morning working till seven at night staying up till three in the morning so (laughs) so I think we talked about Self-induced pain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a big frat house over there. What you said. That's not the worst way to describe it. Lots of weed, lots of junk food, lots of video games. <laughs> 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 a frat house is not the worst way in the world to describe it. <laughs> right on. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Well, cool. So. So that's been my week. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, my week has been um, much more challenging than I would have ever thought. Like, not that I ever would question why I'm doing what I'm doing, but the scope of what I'm doing is uh, it's different than what I thought. <laughs> um, I'm, I've kind of been tasked to do much more of the uh, much more of an admin role. So I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm de facto on the administration team more than anything else. And this week is, I've really been put to the test on that because there are principles of constantly involved in training uh, as the district continues to roll out different initiatives and, and strategies to uh, make everyone a more effective campus. And so he's going to different trainings to, to learn the new strategies. Um, our assistant principal is holding down the fort as much as she possibly can, but that means that she's just handling primarily the, the major discipline issues, which leaves like kind of leaves me and our counselor to handle everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I'm, you know, family outreach, and my job is literally to work with the parents. Like anything parent conflict comes through me now. And parents have a lot of conflict. 
And the biggest conflict, <sighs> I don't know why this is so difficult, and it's so difficult apparently on every campus, is picking up your kids and dropping off your kids. Oh, it yeah? is the pickup and drop off, the drop off and pickup is the most challenging thing that parents do apparently. Like for one thing, no one puts their kids on a bus anymore. Back really? in my back in my day, <laughs> if you want to go to school, you either walk to school or you got on the freaking bus. Well, yeah. now everybody drops off their kid at school. Really? Everybody, bro. Everybody. Is that a is that a bad thing though? I mean, it seems like parents are more invested in like you know make sure their kids get there. Well, um, there are pros and cons. There are definitely pros and cons because um, the the pro is, yes, the, the parents actually make sure they get there safely and they get to spend that extra time and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the con is parents are usually making their children late which means that the parents think that they can skirt the rules and do what they want to do in order to drop off their kid. Like we've made it very clear, very clear. There's a whole Mm -hmm. street that you do not use to drop off your kid. Mm -hmm. And that is the main street that they want to use to drop off their kids. What street is it? I'm sure I'll know. (laughs) um, I don't know. uh, Benton. I don't know if you you know that much about the Pease area, but uh, not enough street, to know that road. But yeah, okay. Well, the school is along Benton and Magnolia, okay. and so and Scarborough. Scarborough's the other main street. So we have a drop off zone on Scarborough, and we have a drop off zone in Magnolia, and the only street that is not a drop off zone is Benton. We keep that street clear because that's where our buses travel. And so in order for them to pull up into the school, they need, you know, to go down Benton. Well, when parents are running late, and especially parents of kids that are, are like, they have to sign up and determine if they're going to be walking to school, if they're in the, uh, get picked up and dropped off, or if they're riding the bus. Start of the year, they have to make these determinations. Well, the problem is the people who signed up to be walkers don't walk to school. Their parents want to drop them off. But because they, they feel like they're, they're walkers, the parents feel like they can drop their kids off on Bitten. Mm-hmm. And so all morning long, my job is to patrol Bitten and say, no, you can't park here. No, you can't drop your kid off here. I would drop my kid off there anyways and just look at you like, where's your police badge? <laughs> See, and that's the problem. That is, and, and look at everything wrong. <laughs> Think about all the bad things that you set, that you start <laughs> child off seeing and <laughs> just to start the day. I'm just laughing so, because you're so... <laughs> You took that so seriously. Well, because that's the mind frame. <laughs> that is exactly the mind frame. Like, <laughs> that is what I am fighting. I that is exactly look I at me. Look at you like where's your badge at? <laughs> and that, that's what happens. They will look at me 
and some of them like like they'll drop their kid off and they'll be they'll be trying to get the kid out the car real fast because they see here I come because you know if I see it I'm coming up to your car to have a conversation. They're like <laughs> get out or get out the car. Like I'll be trying to stop them and everything, and they just look at me and they wave their arm and roll <laughs> their eyes and and you turn around in the street. I'm just like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, I would put my kid at like the end of it and be like, walk up the street, walk up, walk up the sidewalk. Because <laughs> I would pull up at like whatever side road met that street, and I would put them off on that side on that sidewalk and just tell them like, just walk up that street, and you'll be in school. Well, I mean, seriously, that's literally hickey is right there and it's at a crosswalk the whole reason i want them to go to this side street is because there is a crosswalk there like the the (laughs) lines on the street there's a freaking crosswalk don't just run across bitten anywhere that you want to like so incredibly dangerous oh also i just want i just want everybody who's listening to know that when he says scarber he's talking about a street called scarborough and he is leaving off an entire like borough and replacing it with Ur. So instead well, of Scarborough Street, it's Scarborough look, Street. And do you know why? Because the family who's named after the street says Scarborough. They don't say their name as Scarborough. No so that's way. The re- yes. No way. Scarborough Foundation. It's the Scarbers, they, they, yes, mm. they're like mm. founders of the whole city, and they pronounce their name Scarber, and that's <laughs> the reason why it's not Scarber Scarborough, and it's not even spelled Scarborough. It's and and the the um, GPS lady um, announces it. She calls it Sharbriar. Sharbriar, I love yeah. that. If that Char-Briar. was my last name, everyone would say it like that. I'd be like, it is Sharbriar. Say it properly. Yes, Sharbriar. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, definitely. it's Scarber. It is Scarber. It's been Scarber since they freaking founded this town. It's Scarber. <laughs> so you're over here just working double overtime. I'm working double overtime. It sounds like we are two very tired people. Yeah. So this morning, there was like a near fight. Because a near fight. Yes, the parents are the worst. Oh like my. there was a there was a near fight this morning at drop off because one parent tried to like they actually dropped off in the right place yeah. on the street that I asked. And then one tried to cut in front of the other to leave. And like that was a big thing. And so parents are just like full scale yelling at each other. And cussing at each other, and like their kids have walked across the street to where, like, to where I am, and I'm headed over that direction, and I hear the kids saying, uh, "One kid says to the other, I think my mom is yelling at your mom," and I'm just like, "It's okay, boys. Just go ahead, go up to school, go to, go, go check in," and everybody's just like. All the other teachers are just looking at me like, "That's your job. You figure that out." <laughs> I would, I would just look at. Just have to fight to the death now. Your parents are in a blood feud. Right. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty. That's, the, the kids are just like, "What do we do?" Like, this is my friend, and now, and now there's beef because I'm just like, oh. Parents can set the worst example. 
Mm. And they wonder why, why their kids don't have any respect for authority or anything else. Like, it's like that commercial about the kid that was doing drugs. And they're just like, who taught you how to do this? And the kid says, and they point, yeah, you did. I learned it by watching you. I thought it was I just mean, like smoking weed. Or no, it was smoking yeah. cigarettes. I thought it was a commercial. It was smoking weed. That's what it was. It was smoking okay. weed. And he's like, who who taught? And like, then they flash to like, like the kid is smoking in one room and the dad is smoking in the other room. And uh, who taught you how to do this? You. I learned it by watching you. And so every time like these parent outbursts and just, just terrible parent behavior, then I look at their kids and I'm just like, well, of course they're going to be demons because look at where they come from. Like, this is just not the way to, to handle anything. <laughs> so, uh, and then after school, this mom who usually her husband picks up the kids, but apparently husband couldn't make it today and mom picked up the kids and she cut in front of everybody else in the line, which pickup line like that is cardinal sin. And so the other moms were ready. They were mad. I mean, yeah. everybody drove up and they were they were like pointing at this woman and 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 cussing her out. And they're just like, she cut in line. You can't cut in line. We all have to be in this line. We all have to be in this effing line. And if we have to be in this effing line, she's got to be in the effing line. And um. So all the other teachers are, are telling her, man, you can't do that. And one teacher is just like, no, we're not going to send her kid out here because she cut the line. She's tried to skirt the system. And uh, the the teacher approached the parent and told her, you know, you can't do that, whatever. And the, and the parent said, well, just burn me at the cross then. <laughs> And the teacher is just, wait a minute, what? It's like, what are we not going to do? And so, and so I go over to talk to the mom, and the mom is so sweet. Like, she's nice to me, and I think it's just, you know, a completely, like, like. She probably a, didn't mean to cut in line. I mean, she's feeling, like, super attacked. Well, what did she mean? Exactly. I think that's exactly what it was. You yeah. really hit the nail on the head. She, you know, she was so apologetic to me. I am so sorry. This is my first time doing this. Uh, we're brand new to your school. I did not know that that I could not go on this street. I didn't know that I need to be in this other line. I am so sorry. I will never do this again. Can I please just have my child? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm listening to her and I'm just like, I understand um, we're not going to make getting your child a priority because that's unfair to everyone else. I will make sure that we get your child, but you know, I'm not, we're not going to run out and go right now to get your child because. Oh, be good. Do you guys like, it. sorry, do you guys no. like line them up in the school? And then you're like, send me so-and-so. I mean, they like send them out. Yes. To school. That send is so and- communist. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Back when I was well, growing up, we all just piled outside on the street and looked for the cars. And hoped you got in the right one. And if oh, somebody decided please. to steal you, they oh, decided to steal please. you. Oh, Look, my it's gosh. a different world. 
different world. We have to pay. We have to pay attention and care for the safety of our students. And so that means getting them in the correct car, especially considering our line, like where this happened, we're kindergarten and first grade. Like those are the kids that we're dealing with, the baby baby. Actually, I think when I was in like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, I think they released you by like class. So they would say like Miss So and So's class, and then like she would walk you outside, and then they would say Miss So and So's class, and then that class would get dismissed. I think it wasn't until like fourth, fifth, sixth grade where they were just like, "Be free, children!" <laughs> I'll just run outside, <laughs> and your mom's texting you like, "I'm parked down the road behind this car by the tree," and I'm like, "What tree?" <laughs> <laughs> See, we're we're it, it's a little bit more system. Oh my gosh! You guys must make pickup like a three-hour process. No, it is not a three-hour process. It is too long, but it's not <laughs> quite three hours. And so every day, and so every day, my goal, or I, I, I tell the the team the goal. Like the goal is to make this five minutes shorter than it was yesterday. They're like, okay, I think we can, and today. We didn't make the goal. Yesterday, no, we made bet. the goal. Yeah. But today, we did not make the goal. And part of that was because this woman came in and destroyed the system. So what happens <laughs> is they, they come around the corner, and before they turn on the, the actual street um, to, uh, to the pickup street, there's someone who is texting everyone, okay, these are the numbers. And the kids are all n- numbered. It's like... These are the numbers that oh you need to gosh. have ready. Oh, Send yeah. me number the 67. Are, yes, Send me pretty well. 102. It, it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. And so <laughs> we have them at the door. This is the most communist thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Wait, I thought, no. What, 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 are the com- ni- what are the 1984s going on here? <laughs> <laughs> last week, communism was not so bad. Yeah, def- no, definitely. It's, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. I'm just crawling up. The thing is, the thing is, personally, I am a dirty capitalist pig that wants every last possible penny I can make. But societally, I feel bad for those who are left behind, you know. But, oh, um, my. How does that even work? <laughs> because I want to make like a billion dollars and then give like 350 million of it to other people and then just keep the, you know, remaining 650 million for myself. You feel me? You feel me? I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but there is a system. Oh it my kind, gosh! It kind, of, it kind of sort of works. It's it's even worse. Than, so it's worse <laughs> side for the other for like two through sixth grade. Like they're all in the gym and they're sitting on dots waiting for their numbers to get called. Mm-hmm. And uh. But somehow it seems more efficient. And I think it's just, I think our biggest problem is the little kids have no idea what their numbers are. <laughs> and, and so as the, as the teachers are inside the building calling out numbers, no one seems to know what the heck is going on. The kids have no idea what their numbers are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so that slows down the whole process. And then we have, you know, crazy woman who wants to, to but oh, I didn't finish tell you about this crazy woman. Oh, so okay. I talked, I talked to her. She seems calm and sweet and everything. Then another teacher goes and talks to her. Another female teacher goes and talks to her and she's back to being, 
well, you know, fuck you, fuck your sister. I just want my kid. Just bring my kid. Because she probably feels I, harassed. She didn't need multiple people talking to her. Leave her alone. Well, exactly. Well, I kind of felt that way. And then the first teacher who got told to, to burn me at the cross, she was so offended. She was so huffy puffy. She went back to mom. So when the kid finally, so when we sit the, we finally sit the kid out, and you know everybody's telling her again, like I left it alone. Like I told, I said what I needed to say, and you know we had an understanding. But the other teachers, they couldn't leave shit alone. So they still on this woman, and so the kid gets in the car, and they still on this woman, and the woman is just she's done. She's yeah, just like, I don't blame her. I don't know what she said. She said something else really rude and snarky, and she sped off like the door wasn't even shut to the car. And she like sped like spinning tires type of spun off. And so yeah, those point, teachers need to learn to mind their damn business. That's why they uh-uh. piss people off because y'all want to act like not you, but they want to act like they're the damn police. Well, the lady made well, a mistake. She apologized for the mistake. Leave her the hell alone. Uh-uh. I, yes, it, it, I, I I see that. I do see that. If it was like every like if she that. does it like if she does it again tomorrow, all right, bring some heat. Be like, yo, lady. But like it well, was like her first time. She admitted she was in the wrong. She said she made a mistake. I apologize for it happening. Leave her the hell alone. Well, after after she sped off, you know, <laughs> definitely the teacher who told who got told to burn me at the cross. She she was livid. <laughs> I mean, livid. And this is a teacher who who is already like, like she's a little spicy. She's a little spicy. Yeah, she's super spicy. Right? <laughs> she's she's she is the habanero of the whole. <laughs> she is the campus habanero anyway. And so you, you just activated her. Like she's storming. She's looking for a principal. She ready to call the police. Like she is mad. And so, I, I after everything is done, after we get all the kids done and everything, I walk back into the office, and the secretary and the clerk are just like, Mr. Radliff, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have been like, I'd have been like, they are messy. It was not me. They <laughs> <Right>? are messy. <laughs> and so, I told, them, I told them, and then she said, well, mom called up here. And and she she wanted to talk to Mr. Salgado, our principal. And uh, uh, of course, she he wasn't there. He's he was in meetings, and so she sent him to voicemail. But she was acting like she didn't do anything wrong and didn't understand why everybody is yelling at her because she made one little mistake and everybody's on her ass. Like, yeah, I don't blame her. It was a big mistake. It wasn't a little mistake. It was uh. a big mistake. And no. it is a mistake. Look, it is a mistake that she should not have made because it's been clearly like we've talked, we talk about it ad nauseum about how to she do literally this. said it was their very first day at the school. No, no, it was her first day. Her husband, who I have encountered multiple days, does it the right way. So they know the process. You want she, is she with him every time? No, she's never been with them. Okay. The- however, however, the other <laughs> kid that was with them, like the other son, the older son, that's that like ain't his a- job. <laughs> he knows the rules. That ain't and his the- job. The whole time he looking like he looking like yeah, she know better. 
I can tell on the face. He's just he's embarrassed because he like yeah, she know man. She know what she did. <laughs> like <laughs> you can just see it on his face. He just wants to say, sir, she does bullshit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe yeah. so, but I'm sorry. I've always felt that like I'm sorry. Some teachers, y'all are just some fucking busybodies. Like, good lord, my like, y- mind your business. The lady made a mistake. Tell her, yo, this is not how we do it. This isn't acceptable. Hey, I'm sorry. It's my fault. Blah blah blah. All right, I'll leave it alone for today. I'm not gonna expedite your kid, but I'll get him to you in a timely fashion. Make sure sure this doesn't happen again. Can we do that? Yep, yep. Great. Thank you. Get the lady her kid. Yeah. You have a great day. And leave it the hell alone. She doesn't need a bunch of other adults coming to her, talking to her like she's a child, like she, like they're her teacher. Like that's not their place. You already had a conversation with her. Leave her the hell alone. I I agree to us. I definitely agree. I agree. <laughs> Because it, it, it escalated way further than it needed to. And it's the teacher's jobs to de-escalate these situations. Like, right? they shouldn't be over there interrogating a lady and, like, instigating. Like, I, like, I'm sure you had a bad, stressful day babysitting some first graders. I have all the empathy in the world. But that's not your place to then take it out on their parents. You signed up for the damn job. <laughs> no one made you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can't be too much of a hypocrite because I do have some days where I get off of work and I am just like, well, I try to go I try to go out of my way to be that like overly nice person to like retail and restaurant staff people because I know what it's like. But there is definitely some times where I'll be like walking through the grocery store after a long day at work and somebody will just be taking their time and I'll be like, can you freaking move? Like, I won't say it out loud, but I, you can definitely tell my like, body language. So I'm just like, yeah, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> So I'm not acting like I am innocent, perfect. I'm just to me, it sounds like the lady felt like she was just getting an onslaught. Like she gets it. She, gets she did. It. She she, you know, she definitely got an onslaught. Without question, she got an onslaught. And I, yeah. And you said so, she had all these other parents like looking at her, yelling at her, like oh, <laughs> Yeah, she was already probably embarrassed and stressed out. Like, yes, she was. Leave her alone. I'm like, and, they, so... and, they, and everybody just kept <laughs> on her ass. And I am so in defense of this poor woman. <laughs> oh no, let's not call her no poor woman. I no, she doesn't get that level of anything. Because <laughs> again, like somewhere, some part of me says that she was just like, I'm not waiting in no line. I'm not doing all this bullshit. I'm just come. I'm just here to get my kid. And like maybe I'm not I'm not saying that that's not out of the realm of possibility, but like you're assigning um, you're assuming her thought process. You know what I'm saying? Well, but like, I'm assuming her thought process based, based on, on her behavior. Yes. 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 And, and I so, get it. And even it, if that was the case, just say your piece, which you did. Like, like obviously you were the professional yeah. situation. I'm not getting after you. Oh yeah. But say your say your piece like you did. And then leave it the hell alone. That's like me. I, I have customers at work that'll just go on and on. And if they're wrong, I will very freshly point out, no, you are wrong. I will fix this for you. Absolutely. But you are in the wrong. <laughs> and I will say it once and I'll leave it alone. And even if they keep going on about it, I'm like, look, I've already said my piece. Here's the situation. I fixed it for you. Have a great day. Thank you. You don't see yes. me coming up and then and then Davey's coming up yelling at him. And then now I got Josh <laughs> coming up yelling at him. Here comes Basil. Basil's yelling. No, I say what I have to say. We leave it alone. 
<laughs> no, uh-uh. You need everybody in the restaurant to come and let them know. <laughs> so was this tea about your work week basically what's on your mind? Because we're already like 40 minutes in. Yeah, this. like pretty much. Because <laughs> seriously, like, and that was just today, Damien. That's how I ended today. <laughs> Find me, find me this lady because I'm on her side. <laughs> she and I. Oh no! Oh uh, no! I'm I'm team no. I'm team mistake lady. No. Team no. Courtney or team is well not really team Courtney. Team yeah, busybody teachers or team mistake lady. Oh my god! Not busybody <laughs> teachers. That's uh, what they are. I'm telling you, you, you can call her team habanero. Team habanero. <laughs> I'm telling you, this woman is. She probably went home and still hot. I'm going to see her first thing in the morning. Oh, definitely. So, she's going to be taking the kid to school and picking the kid up every day for like a month. And she's going to look at you guys oh, no. every single time. <laughs> it, so it makes so usually I start my I start the day over on one side and end it on the other side. But I'm almost tempted to like I probably need to be on the other side of the school because I don't know how, like, if this woman does drop off her kid, it's going to be some shit. Because <laughs> it did not end well. <sighs> and so uh, I'm a little bit nervous about that. Well, you guys know you're going to see her again when she comes to talk to the principal. She's going to talk to well, the principal. She, I don't think she's going to leave it alone. Team Habanero is not leaving this alone. We oh, no. are Habanero. Team Habanero is committed to making sure Look, that this injustice is corrected. Habanero wanted to call the police right then. They do it. And and Habanero was just like, like, oh, me, me and the principal, we're talking about this. We're going to talk about this. Damn and right. I just, tell, and I just kept telling her, I will handle this. I will have a conversation with her husband. Now, Courtney, husband I'm, not, right. I'm not saying it matters, but I have a question. Okay. I think you know what I'm going to ask. What? What? Was it a white lady? <laughs> it was. Yeah, like it a Karen was. Karen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she, she like, a, like a Karen Karen. <laughs> uh, yeah, she Karen. Well, for once in my life, I'm team Karen. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and this time I have to be team Karen. I really do. And I don't know. The only The only reason I'm not completely for her and I don't feel sympathy and empathy for her is because of the way she treated like she. So another teacher had talked to her before I did. Well, the, the spicy habanero talked to her before I did. And she, yeah, that's she when she told that like Hab habanero, yeah, yeah. you know, that's when habanero told her or was told, well, burn me at the stake. Oh, well, I made a mistake. Get over it. Yeah, she made a mistake. Lieber, like I'm assuming that teacher was probably like, ma'am, you can't do this. You know you can't do this. You just messed up. Me, 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 me. And yeah, then you probably went it. in there and you were probably nice and professional and short to the point about it. She probably appreciated yeah. being treated like an adult and not being lectured to like a child. Like, oh my God, especially people who teach like first grade kindergartens, they want to talk to everybody like they're a first grader. Like, bitch, I'm a grown <laughs> adult. Don't fucking talk to me like I'm one of your students. Oh, it bugs me yeah. so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, you, you, that's like a you, that's like a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you give good perspective because that's probably exactly how that mom was feeling in that moment. You're 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 pretty you're probably pretty spot on. 
because I I didn't, you know, I didn't talk down to her. I explained why everyone was upset. And yeah. I explained why why she's not going to get immediate because she tried to start off with me. Well, I just need my kid. You know, oh yeah, I know I did wrong. Um, you know, but I just need to get my kid. And I was just like, man, that's not gonna happen. Uh, we're not gonna rush and and make your child a priority because you didn't do this correctly because you're in a rush. I said, everyone in this line is in a rush. No one wants to wait, but they still went through it the right way. And if she went off on you like, nah, you're going to bring my kid now, then I would be like, yeah, uh-uh, screw that. F the Karen. But, you know, it seems yeah, to me like she was happen. very, it seems to me like she was very compliant when she talked to you and then everyone else just coming yes. at her just, but we've talked circles around I'm in here, lady. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so, um, so I have a confession for you. Yes, I told I told Davey, my roommate, that I was going to confess this on the podcast today. Oh, oh! Are you ready for this? Yes, T. Davey T. and I are dating. Lords. No, my God, Courtney, stop! Oh. Davey and I are drug lords. You're drug lords, and we've been smuggling Colombian cocaine. Out of our apartment for months now. Oh, this explains it's, so much. It started off as an innocent little pass, you know, just like an ounce here, an ounce there, lots of college students around. And then one day we got in, in contact with Mr. Poncho Riviera, um, who lives in uh, Buenos Noches in, uh, you know, Cuba. And he was like, you know, I got like I got like eight hundred pounds of this stuff. And we were like, Well, we could we could get that we could get rid of that for you. Here we are four months later and we're in pretty deep, you know. Yeah, that's the way it works. I mean so, that, um, you know, I've seen um I've seen uh what's the show? Um almost all of them. Um Narcs. What's the Ozark, yeah. Ozark, that's yeah. Kinda, that's kind of how they, you know, it started off a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're they're knee deep and meeting the cartel, and you yeah. know, shit yeah. shit's happening. So yeah, so we're know. pretty we're pretty serious movers and shakers, you know. Okay, well, you know, yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was going to tell you that on the podcast. <laughs> it, 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 and I'm sure y'all played guess what his reaction would be. So who <laughs> won? <laughs> no, so I told him I was like I was like uh, I, I was like, um, hey, I hope you know on the pa- podcast. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I hope you don't mind. Thanks. He was just like, sounds good to me. <laughs> right. On. Uh, good times. Good well, times. But um, you know, it sounds to me like it is dad joke time. Seriously? Yeah. Dad joke, <sighs> or we analyze the Taylor Swift song. You take a pick. Uh. Uh-uh. See. No. <laughs> Terrible. Can I just go find the angry mom? Can I go and have lunch with angry mom? I nope. I would rather I would rather do a mediation session with angry mom and spicy jalapeno uh, habanero. I thought spicy habanero was angry mom. No. Yes. Spicy spicy, spicy habanero. Is oh, the that's the teacher. teacher. That's right. Oh, but I'm not team habanero. I'm team Karen. I, I was you're team, team Karen. Yeah, no, I'm not team habanero. I'm team Karen. Excuse me. Yes. All right. Well, Courtney, what kind of what kind of sandwich serves in the military? I'm sure some type of submarine. <laughs> <laughs> 
A submarine. <laughs> yeah. You like that one. You got that one. So what makes you think that I like it? Because all right, all right, Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. What do you call what? What is a what does a nosy pepper do? <laughs> what Courtney. we not gonna do? <laughs> what we not gonna do? <laughs> hold on, uh-uh. hold on. What we not gonna do is have more than one of these awful, awful dad jokes. No, uh, this I got is one not more. It's contract. an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> hold on wait what does a nosy pepper do hmm. it gets jalapeno business <laughs> awful. these jokes are awful oh my god you when laughed I... at that one though. no i didn't know <laughs> yeah, you did. yeah, how awful these jokes are like... oh do you need a third one no dang it <laughs> No, please stop. <laughs> like, I flashed back. <laughs> you know, I, I listened back to our show and, and like, I listened <laughs> last night. And, like, that dad joke last week. And I, it just, the radio silence that I gave you was just, <laughs> it was, it was hilarious to me. Just my reaction to how terrible these jokes are. They're so not funny. They're it's just so, so funny. not funny. They really are, though. They're so not funny. They're funny they, because they, the they're so simple and they're so pure. It's not all perverted. It's not violent. It's not dark. Uh, it's just pure, simple humor. <laughs> I swear, you should teach kindergarten. You would slay. <laughs> <laughs> You would blow those kids' minds. They would think that you were the funniest human being on the face of the Why planet. don't you, like, call me one time and put me on speaker, and I'll tell your kindergartners a dad joke? Oh, my goodness. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because then I would try to hear them try to retell the joke. For like, and be like years. And, and, and what and does then, a submarine, and, and, what does a submarine sandwich, what does military sub, submarine? <laughs> yes, yes. What does that, what does that, what does that, what does that, and uh, and uh, no, uh uh-uh. uh, because when they get excited, they're just they're broken. Oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh, my goodness, terrible. Oh, fantastic. That was a terrible, terrible dad joke. Both of them. Both they're both them. wonderful. They're both wonderful. Uh, but I believe we have lists prepared today. Well, we have lists, and of course, I, I asked you, didn't you prepare to prepare. It. I didn't prepare I didn't. my list. Well, good. Because so, I, I know well, I talk about this subject so much, I know it all off the top of my head. Exactly. Exactly. So today's list, boys and girls, good people of Canada, today's list is our all-time top five quarterbacks in the, in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. And these are, again, personal lists. Because I want to clarify that. These are our personal top fives. So I don't want because Peyton Manning, blah, 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 because I'm not putting Mr. Windshield Forehead on my list. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so so let's, do, let's change it up a little bit. Yeah. And let's go... Let's go back and forth. 
So okay. let me hear your number five, and I'll give you my number five. Uh, okay. I wasn't prepared to give number five first, but that's totally fine. My Wait a uh, minute. How are you not prepared? And that's how you've done every other list. Hush, Courtney. Uh, my number five. <laughs> my number five so is uh, Dan Marino. Uh, so I have Dan Marino at number five. Uh, he was a very prolific passer in a league that was kind of transitioning from being like super, super dominant run heavy to kind of becoming more finesse pass, which obviously it took a good like 20 years or so to really become that. But I feel like Dan Marino was like the earliest aspects of that. Um, amazing quarterback, extremely accurate through a beautiful ball was just an insane passer. I think he led the Dolphins to one Super Bowl. Um, but I don't think he ever got back to another one. Obviously, he's not a Super Bowl champion. Uh, but honestly, a lot of my guys aren't. Um, not a lot of them, but a couple of them. Um, and I kind of actually was going in between Dan and my number four pick, and I put Dan Marino at five <clears throat> simply because I think he kind of led to his own downfall. I think he was kind of a really bad leader. I think he was kind of a bad – he was almost like hmm. a not – a not as good Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like a lot of people leave the Packers and they're like, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. What a god awful teammate. I hated playing for that dude. It was terrible, but also he's great. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people right. felt the same way about Marino. And I feel like had Marino been a better leader um, and less rigid, uh, I also, uh, from what I understand, he was very, very hesitant to kind of change up the playbook. And so, as they like as team started to figure out what the Marino Dolphins were doing and started to counter it, he was very, very like he didn't want his plays changed. He didn't want audibles changed. He didn't want certain formations changed. And I think that also contributed uh to him never actually winning that Super Bowl ring. So I have Dan Marino as number five. Okay. That's fair. Um for my number five, I went with Brett Favre. Okay. And I went with Brett Favre because he is one of the symbols of toughness when you think of quarterback. He he was he is the gunslinger who is the ultimate like what fourth and two, you know, fuck this little short pass, go long, screw it, I'm just gonna go for all of it. And he was a gunslinger, and he and he 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 was. Gutless. He 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 was reckless with the ball, but usually somehow it worked out, and he was a Super Bowl champion, and uh, just somehow such a legendary. Yeah, somehow only. Yeah, somehow only once. Uh, I think he went to more Super Bowls, right? I don't I think so. He, I think he only ever got there once. So got there once and won it. I think so. I so, think he, they beat the Patriots in '96. I think. Hmm. I, I know he, that he only he, won one, but it seemed like I thought he. Okay, I don't know why, but I was thinking that he made it more than once. But well, uh, I, oh, so yeah, you're right. So he's one and one. He um, okay. he went. Let me see. Well, he spent 16 seasons with the Packers, won Super Bowl X X X I Super. Bowl, I think. What Super Bowl did he go to and lose? He lost. Beat the Patriots. Yes, I know that. Oh, he lost to um to uh, uh the Steelers. Uh, no, it was um who's that dude who played for the Broncos that I think is horribly. Oh, John Elway. He lost to John Elway in one of Elway's oh. only career Super Bowls. 
Yeah. So weird that I I'm I'm actually actually let's talk about your list. <laughs> Go okay. ahead. Because I'm gonna. So, <laughs> so number five, Brent Favre. Number four for me is Donovan McNabb. Part of that is I'm an Eagles fan. Part of that is I always will have a soft spot soft spot for the black quarterback because quarterback was a position that I always wanted to play. Um, I was just too big of a kid, but I had all the mental capacity to play quarterback. I just didn't have the, the right size to play quarterback. And, but I had a pretty accurate arm. Um, but at the time that I became an Eagles fan was when they had drafted McNabb, the Houston Texans or Houston Oilers uh, were no longer a football team and I needed a new team. And uh, Donovan McNabb became that guy. He uh, led them to five straight NFC championships, uh, 1-1 and went to the Super Bowl where they lost and came very close to with, with winning, but uh, they did lose that Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl appearance. Um, just a prolific passer, was quick on his feet. So he was one of the, uh, you know, the first dual threat quarter, like serious dual threat quarterbacks, uh, which they had kind of had a history of doing it in Philadelphia, but he was really good as a dual threat quarterback. And so uh, always will have love for Donovan McNabb, my number four. And I also have love for Donovan McNabb for throwing the Super Bowl that allowed my Patriots to win their third one. So <laughs> I am a big fan of Donovan McNabb. However, my number four is the kid who never played tight end, Steve Air McNair himself. I nice. am a massive McNair fan um, because I always loved the tight end. I got that from my dad. Tight end was always my dad's favorite position. Tight end was what he wanted me to play. And so I just grew up loving the tight end position. And then, of course, I grew up a Patriots. Well, I became a Patriots fan back in 2011, 12, somewhere in that range. And um, it was only 2006, but I didn't actually start giving a damn to about 11, 12. Um, But, of course, I grew up with Gronk and Gronk's prime. So I love tight ends. Um, And Steve McNair is just the, the, the tight end body. With the quarterback play, the dude used to run around and freaking shoulder slam guys into the ground. He was, I mean, he had a cannon for an arm. He was so close to beating the greatest show on turf in that Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, and I think it was, was it the 99 season? No, it was the 2000. It was the 99 season, 2000 Super Bowl, I think it was. Um, or was it the 2000 season? I don't remember which season, but it was the season right before the Patriots won their first. Um, but I just love everything about McNair's game. And then, of course, he died a very tragic death, which is very unfortunate. Um, but he's just a guy that I just love and respect. Um, also a black quarterback in a time when not a lot of African-Americans were playing quarterback. Um, so, obviously, he was a game changer there. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, there's not too much more to say about the guy. I just absolutely love his game, and that's why I put him above Marino. Plus, he was just a great leader. I mean, beloved by his teammates. Um, not the world's best husband, or maybe it was boyfriend. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> um which, you know, kind of led to unfortunate things happening. But on the football field, the guy was a monster, and I love him. So Yeah, you know, one of, one of the uh, few HBCU quarterbacks coming out of Alcorn State, I believe. Yeah. I think that's where he came out of, um, to actually yeah. make it in the league and be <laughs> successful in the league. So, um, Plus, he, he transitioned the, the Houston Oilers over to the Tennessee Titans. 
yes, where sir. he led the franchise to their first and only Super Bowl appearance. So, and he was respect. one play, one yard one play away of- from winning it. It's one yard, oh. literally, away against yeah. the Rams. I think, right? Yep, the greatest show on turf, the Kurt Great Warner Rams. So I thought, yeah, good pick. Good Thank you. So my number three. number three, yep. So my number three, <laughs> Mr. Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm just playing. Uh, a little too young for that. But Russell Wilson, I have Russell Wilson at number three. Um, nobody in NFL history throws a deep ball the way he does. He is the most prolific deep ball thrower um, in the history of the entire NFL. Um, Super Bowl champion, and I think it was only, what, his second year? Second or third year? Very, very new to the league. Um Played behind the greatest show on turf, but absolutely balled out against Peyton Manning in the uh, 2013 Super Bowl, and then came very damn close to like he he beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl until yes Steve, until Pete Carroll lost it. <laughs> like, yes, Russell Pete Wilson Carroll's got play call. <clears throat> Russell Wilson got ten points behind, was it or something like that? Led the led the Seahawks back to take the lead, and then Tom Brady took the lead back, and then as Wilson was marching him down the field. And then, of course, we all know what happened at the end of the game. Um, but I just think he's fantastic. I think his escapability, I think the way he presented a dual direct quarterback in the league, I think the way he presented um, or the way he established how smaller quarterbacks can play in the game, which has given us guys like, you know, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and people like that. I think he was kind of a, a tone setter for that type of quarterback. Um, the man's just dominant. I mean, the man's dominant. He's incredibly fun to watch. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I'm not sitting here trying to just like wow people with like, oh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. It's just my list of who do I like to watch the most? Who do I had the, who would I have the most fun watching growing up? Who do I think is a badass player? I don't really care about the accolades as much in this kind of a list. If I was doing like an all time objective list, obviously you wouldn't make it. But since we said this was just our personal list, that's, that's where you get Russell Wilson for me. So that's my number three. Cool. Um, I think he definitely would make a personal list for sure because uh, he is a fun quarterback to watch. And I'm really interested to see what he does with a better team, what's supposed to be a better roster. In yeah, except they're getting hurt left and right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All the all the toys that he has to play with are, are slowly getting injured. So we'll yeah. see how that works out. But I think that, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, he's he's legit. And for all the reasons you said, one reason I really love Russell Wilson is because, like you said, he he changed the the requirements for height in the league. You know, it, you didn't have to be the six something, you know, um, giant quarterback that could see over a, a line and you know be massive and all this. He was a he was a shorter, um, speedy. Uh, could run, could pass, and, and like you said, his deep ball is, is just wow. The um, absolute best. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson, he's, he is legit. So my number three is probably going to be higher on your list, but for me, number three is Tom Brady. Oh, are you kidding me? Tom Terrific <laughs> is, is number three, and I put Tom Terrific number three um, number because – because I respect him. I don't necessarily like him, but I respect okay. him. I respect the, the evolution of his game. 
because when he first, you know, the first championships that they won was not about Tom Brady. And then later on, it became about Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to play in the league for 40 years or whatever it's going on, because he's so old, um, you know, he has to be doing something right. And people enjoy playing for him, even though he's very, you know, he's tough. But he's the right kind of leader that a lot of people need. And so they seem to respect him a lot. I have a lot of respect for Tom Brady and the accomplishments that he has uh, had on the field. And um, to do all that while still having a supermodel wife, I mean, you got to respect Tom Brady. He's legit. You got to respect Tommy. Got to respect Tommy. (laughs) All right. Number two for me, number two, and probably, you know, the only person that could in in the – and when you're talking about all-time quarterbacks and, and like, you know, a legitimate list that could give Tom Brady a, a run for his money, because if you're making an all-time, you know, legitimate all-time list, then Tom Brady's number one without question. But, well, not without question, because the person who's nipping at his heel and for so many generations of football fans, my number two is Joe Montana. You know, I was fortunate to grow up and in, in, in be a young, young football fan in his prime, in Joe Montana's prime with the uh, 49ers. And Joe Mont, let me tell you, Joe Mont, you talk about somebody who could throw the ball with pinpoint accuracy and do it under heavy pressure and was just tough as nails and just made football look good. You know, he made, he, he, he brought the Hollywood to the position, and um, it was perfect that he was in California. It was just made for him. And Joe Montana is just a, a spectacular player, uh, legendary, absolutely legendary. And I'm very, I feel very fortunate to have grown up watching Joe Montana. So for me, number two, Joe Montana. Okay. Uh, so for my number two, wait, am I, I am on number two, right? Yeah. So for my number two, I have Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he's Joe Montana. He's Joe Cool. What can you say about him? Undefeated in Super Bowls. San Francisco hasn't won a Super Bowl since the guy left. Um, wait, that's not true. I thought, didn't uh, Steve Young? Oh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Totally, totally, totally right. Okay. I forgot. Steve Young won one of them, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and then they lost with Kaepernick and with Garoppolo. But um, yeah, I mean he's Joe Montana. I don't even like have that much to say about him because I really didn't grow up in the era. It's just because he's always a competition next to my number one. I always have to put him at number two. Um, I mean he he was like the star model quarterback for years before people said, you know, will this guy be the next Tom Brady? It was always, will this guy be the next Joe Montana? Um. So I think I think when you're the quarterback standard for freaking what the 80s and 90s until probably like the late 2000s, I think you deserve a place on a lot of lists. And I'm going to give Montana his respect, but Joe does not hold a candle <laughs> to my number one, Thomas Edward Brady, who is the greatest football player, not quarterback, greatest football mm. player 
to ever strap on a helmet and cleats. Tom Brady is a six, seven time, seven time Super Bowl champion. Okay. He freaking lost the 2007 Super Bowl by luck. Horrible, horrible luck. And what would have been, and he still holds the all time record too. Even if they're not undefeated, their record's still better than the undefeated Dolphin record. So suck it. Um, so, um, Holds the all-time NFL single winning percentage record. He's like, I think, second on – I don't want to start throwing out stats that I can't remember, but he's Tom fucking Brady. Okay, yeah. he's a pure definition of quarterback. He is the greatest quarterback to ever step on the field. He's the greatest teammate to ever step on the field. He's the greatest leader to ever step on the field. You have never heard anyone leave the New England Patriots and talk bad about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the ultimate teammate. He's the ultimate leader. He's freaking 45 years old, and he's still a top-five quarterback in the league. Like, he is just – I don't even know. Like, the he – what is the word I'm looking for here, Courtney? He is a transformative figure. He transformed the way defenses in the league play. He transformed – the standard for quarterbacks for the longest time until the running quarterback became a thing. It was this Tom Brady prototype and Tom Brady leadership prototype, Tom Brady accuracy. Does he have Tom Brady's accuracy? Does he have Tom Brady's leadership? Tom Brady gets a cannon for an arm. Does he have Tom Brady's arm? Like no, like nobody is more resilient than that man coming back from freaking 28 to three against the Atlanta Falcons in 2016. Give me a freaking break. That defensive slug fest against the Rams. Give me a freaking break. The Seahawks, Super Bowl where he leads his team from a 10-point deficit just to watch his defense almost choke it away again. Like, come on. Played exceptionally well in the freaking 2017 Super Bowl when they lost against the Eagles when Tom Brady put up the greatest game by a quarterback in the Super Bowl ever. And Matt Patricia's defense could not get one stop on third down. They were atrocious. And that's why Tom Brady lost. Nick Foles did not play outplay Tom Brady. The Eagles' defense simply outplayed the Patriots' defense. Just like in um, 2011 when the Patriots' defense got outplayed by the Giants' defense. Like, Tom Brady – no, no, we're not waiting a minute. Tom Brady (laughs) is is a seven-time Super Bowl champion. And through Tom Brady's offensive play, he should be 10-0. But his defense let him down three years running. Or th- not three years running, but three different times in his career. Because in every single one of the games where Tom Brady lost, he was a superior quarterback. He was a superior offensive weapon. That was a superior offense. And there is nobody who has ever encapsulated what an NFL quarterback should look like or play than Tom Brady. Like the man. And then everybody wanted to say system, system, system. And the man goes to Tampa Bay and lights them up. Then the next year in the divisional round almost comes back and gets a huge deficit against the Rams until the defense cracked at the very end. Like talking about Tom Brady is a religious experience. I witnessed, I had the privilege of witnessing the greatest quarterback ever play my entire lifetime. And it is a privilege. (laughs) Thomas Edward Brady is the best quarterback hands down. No competition. No competition at all. Joe Cool isn't close to Tom Brady. Not even close. It's not even comparable anymore. Tom Brady is definitively the greatest quarterback to ever play. And if you want to argue football player, we could argue football player. But Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, and it is not even close. Well, um, <laughs> you that you are a victim of your age, and, and oh you won't, please, you only saw Josh. You you only saw highlights of Joe Montana. You didn't really see him. And so that's a, it's it's different. It's a different comparison. And 
I think that it had you seen Joe Montana and mm. seen everything, you would understand that it's not a runaway. I'm still putting Tom Brady on top just because of statistics. No, you put Tom Brady third and Joe Montana second. Well, this is personal list, but we're talking oh, about got like, you, got you, got you. Okay, yeah, all time, all time. Okay, it's not as it's not as runaway as as you might would think. So but, I'm sitting uh, here trying to guess your number one, and I think I know who I, it is. Yeah, um, Cap, is Captain Forehead? No, really. No. Captain huh. Forehead is not my is not my number one. For me, my one. personal number one is someone who probably had the NFL been ready for him uh, when he first came out of college, he probably would be at the top of passing. Uh, G- give me give me some hints. Years. I'm trying to figure out who this is. Give me some hints. <laughs> Don't say the name. <laughs> that was like a huge hit right right there. I can't. He, he cannot he was not he could not start his professional career in the NFL because the NFL was not ready. And so he started his professional career in um, Edmonton, Canada. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. I, okay. Okay. And I know we're on. Won uh, the Grey Cup, you know, a few times there. Yep. Uh, before finally getting his chance with the Houston Oilers. Okay. And he was the reason why I was a Houston Oilers fan. Um, he was the first and only football player I've ever had a poster of. Uh, he is like personal hero um, okay. because he set the standard. And he, you talk, a, a cannon of an arm, um, played in a system that was a little bit before, ahead of its time because nobody was just, nobody, nobody was really throwing the rock quite the way that the Oilers were. Uh, in in uh, this quarterback's time period, but for me, it's always going to be Warren Moon. Okay, that's respectable. Warren, yeah, Warren Moon is just you know he's he is an idol, and it's I think you know for me it's more than just what he was as a football player. Um, it's it's what he represented, and he just represented you know this this idea because the quarterback has always been perceived as the leader. He's the, he's the face of the franchise and this is your best player. And so, you know, for me, having Warren moon to look up to as a child, as a kid um, was monumental. And I think it really shaped a lot of who I am. And, you know, I just, I, I look at his career and I think of what could have been, had he actually started in the league, had he actually started in the NFL, yeah. because the passing numbers don't get to add in, but when you do add him in, he's he's like, I think a top third. Well, it's changed now, but yeah, third like or a top fourth. Three. Yeah, yeah, he, his his passing numbers, career total career professional passing numbers are so astronomical. Like, and besides Tom Brady, he's the second oldest quarterback to start, play, and win a game. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because he played for a long. You know, he played for a long time. Um, Forty-three after the, I think. after the Oilers. Yeah, he went to. He first went to Minnesota, 
and had great years with Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. uh, and Randy Moss. Didn't he go to Pittsburgh then, for a bit? No. No? Oh, okay. No. He, after that, he went to Seattle, and he retired as Seattle Seahawk. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those are those are his NFL professional teams. And, of course, he was an uh, Edmonton Eskimo. Edmonton Eskimo. Yeah, where he played in the Canadian Football League and had great success. So my number one, my all-time number one, is number one, because that was his jersey number, Warren Moon. Love it. Great decision. All righty, Courtney. Well, let's. Uh, you want to hit him with some recommendations? Um, what do I recommend this week? Well, dropping your first kids off, off in the correct lane. Uh, okay, please, <laughs> for the sake of every school out there, just follow the freaking rules. Um, but I first want to recommend that you actually post last week's top five list, <laughs> the song, because. You know, as I was listening, (laughs) I was just like, oh, yeah, he's told me that you've got to listen to my top five. And and I was just like, well, you post the list and, and, you know, I will find the time, blah, blah, blah. Well, you didn't ever post the list. So I feel like I'm off the hook for that. No, you're going to listen to my top five or you and I will stop doing this damn podcast. (laughs) Well, you better post it. Yeah. I, I don't even remember your songs at this point you remember your songs yeah exactly because mm-hmm. you didn't post oh <laughs> I, need, I need this type of reminders it's true you so, just turned 146 right I'm I'm halfway to Tom Brady now <laughs> <laughs> and you're only 200 years behind Queen Elizabeth <laughs> right <laughs> exactly Oh, man. So what's your actual recommendation? <laughs> My actual recommendation is to find school board candidates that are running races for the right reason. And this is really should have been what was on my mind because um, there are people that have announced their candidacy for school board here in Midland that are not doing it for the right reason. And it's very clear and apparent, um, Damien. If certain, if some of these elections go the way certain people want them to go, I'm going to have to fight this name change stuff all over again, because it is the singular reason why they're running is to try and reverse that name change. It can't be reversed. I thought that was part of the decision. It couldn't be reversed. No, any school board. School board decides the naming of schools and they can change a name at any time that they all vote that the majority of them vote to do that. Mm-hmm. And so there is a concerted effort to stack the board with enough people that are willing to do that. So uh, there's a great fear. One of the uh, someone that was running in, in district three who had a great chance of winning, who was, very widely supported by by several, uh, just announced that she is backing out of the race. And a person that has decided to join the race is someone that I actually graduated high school with, who I know, and um, I know that he is not in it for the right reasons. I know that he's a, a hand-picked 
uh, you know, candidate being endorsed by a group of people who have their own self-interest at heart and not what's best for the student. And so um, my recommendation is for people to start doing their homework and to call these at every opportunity you have. You've got to call them out. You have to make it known that we see you. We see what you're trying to do. And we have grown beyond that. So I'm not I'm not ready to name no names. Not just quite yet. You all you can have a side conversation with me in the next episode. I'll start naming names. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. So the moral of this recommendation is do research on the people who are running for local, statewide, and national office and make sure that they're actually trying to represent your interests and the best interests of your community and not serving doing things for their own personal benefit. Yes. That's a good summarization. There's there's another word I want to use, but I wasn't sure how to use it. Hello, cat. (laughs) I have two recommendations. One of them... One of them is to not forget to buy cat food so that your cat doesn't have food all day. So when you get home, she looks at you like you're Satan and won't leave you alone because you have not fed her. Which, oh, my God. I'm calling the SPCA. Or I have whatever food. The... I have food. I had it door dashed while we were on this wonderful podcast. As soon as we're off of it, oh I'm going to go grab her poor, food. And I'm going to feed a little. She is so chunky. She can survive six hours or eight hours without food. She will be all right. I didn't eat all day till I got home. She'll live. Uh-uh, it's um, not the same. So <laughs> that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is um, mad corny, but I'm a corny person. That's who I am. And my recommendation is to find friends and turn them into family. And yes. to take to take friendships and friend-like relationships more seriously than I feel like it's almost watered down nowadays to kind of just like Actually, I don't think that's entirely fair. I think everybody's interpersonal relationships are different. But find friends and find friend groups that you can turn into families and value and treasure those people and those friendships and those relationships um, as much as you humanly can. And just take take those kind of things, those kind of relationships very seriously. Um, because for people like me, it is like the most serious thing in the world is my friend groups and uh, the families that I built out of them. So that's that's my recommendation. Right on. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Which Thanks. I guess can also be what I'm what I'm grateful for. But yeah, a little, little, little duo there. There we go. All right. Well, this is this is turning out to be the shortest one yet. It is. It is. And so in an effort to keep it that way, I think we're done. <laughs> filibuster for the next 15 minutes. Right. I, I will not filibuster. <laughs> Start talking about Canada, <laughs> right? No, right. It, yeah, I, I won't filibuster because I was just about to go into another rant, but I won't filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, thank you so much for doing episode thirteen with me. We've been doing this thing for over three freaking months. Yes. Thank you to everybody who is listening, Canada. You're right. We appreciate you, and I uh, love. Ooh. And, and uh, we will catch everybody uh, next week. Our home and native land.